Welcome to the Family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with your paranormal pal, Dave Schrader. Comedian Adrian Washington. And Andy Brad Bernard. You notice there are no women here today. None. I think they would have been overwhelmed with all the, like, the handsome foursomes in the room. Is that, <laughs> is that the reason? Yep. They just, they just left. In any case, we'll be right back like this. Adrian Washington in studio right after this. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey, this Brian's up. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, metric cruiser, or sport bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. Pill. I just called Andy a pill. What do you think of that action? Very p- cat's pajamas. Okay, Tom. <laughs> cat's pajamas, man. Pill. No, we're just talking about the air in Washington. In the ladies and gentlemen, of course, Dave Schrader with us. But one thing, I, and I've been talking quite about uh, quite a bit about this on the radio show and some on this one, the show. I've been watching a lot of old television to look back and see what we, how far we've come, how far we still need to go. It's always good to look back at your culture, whether it's in writing or on television, on the radio, and, you know, whatever it is to see how different things are. And we have come a long way. But the one thing I really noticed, and he has never gotten credit for it, you know, Jack Webb, the guy who started Dragnet, the TV show Dragnet, mm -hmm. 
he hired more black actors than anybody close in Hollywood, and he never got credit for it. Hmm. I mean, there were there there were captains on the police force, there were officers in uniform, there were you know, black actors got involved in all parts of that show, and I had never heard of Nobody else was doing what he did. How dare you, sir? Have you not watched The Little Rascals? Stymie, Farina, those are positive black black models. Yeah. Well, they had three. Was it Stymie? Oh, oh, Stymie, yeah. Farina, Buckwheat. Oh, Buckwheat. Buckwheat. How do you forget Buckwheat? I forgot Buckwheat. (laughs) Yeah. So, or Farina was Buckwheat's little sister, yes, right? Both named so. after a cereal. Yeah, named Farina after... and Buckwheat are both cereal grains. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then Stymie, who everybody swore grew up to be uh, Scatman Crothers, was not, in fact, Scatman Crothers. What? Yeah, Stymie and Scatman, I guess two totally different people. Oh, yeah, they're totally different. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He thought, he thought <laughs> I don't he was know Scatman. if you know this, but uh, <laughs> no, a lot of there's more than two in America that are in the entertainment industry. But, yeah, that was weird. But seriously, give it a word. It, it's streaming everywhere. You can catch that show everywhere. But you, you look, I mean, they played roles. The, the black actors that he hired played roles that nobody else would have hired them for at the time. What gangsters, mobsters, and drug no, dealers? No, a lot of cops, a lot of the mayor. The mayor that's why you didn't. Town. That's why you didn't hear about it. Right. Because it's too positive. There you go. I, it just sucks. There you go. What are we going to learn, Adrian? What are we going to learn? We're not. Never. No. How dare you? Do you guys not remember the Partridge Family with Richard Pryor? <laughs> oh God! Do you remember that? Episode? Don't bring up Richard Pryor. I love Richard. He Pryor. was on the Partridge Family. Yes, this episode where interesting like, fit. Like. Uh, the, they were doing like this, not Black Panthers, but it was it was like their version of it. We're having this big meeting, and they hired a band, <laughs> and this other very white bread group hired a band, and they got crossed over. Uh, so uh, for some reason, the Partridge Family <laughs> showed up to this like all black rally. I like and it. We showed how we can all come together with. See, I think I love you, and the power Richard of music yeah. over in the corner jamming to it. <laughs> See, I love it. It's a great scene, though. But it's very, it was, you know, that was the woke moment of the early 70s, right? Richard Pryor. It is interesting how in the 70s, woke was we can all get along, and now it's we can't all get along. Yeah. Yeah. In the 80s was why can't we all get along. The the 90s 90s was, well, we kind of get along. The 2000s is who the fuck are you to tell me to get along with anybody? That's true. And now we're just rocket ships away from that. Just everybody's fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. What, What is that? Well, we saw that that tree-huggery shit wasn't working, Tom. So it's time to just make it about me. Yeah, And that's the thing. I think people are starting to realize, like, how short life is. And now, like, everybody's just like, fuck it. Like, if you want something, I don't really care how you feel about something. But I I was talking to my daughter about this. She's 16. And she everything she says, she say, your generation. I'm like, cut that shit out. <laughs> yes, exactly. You exist because of my generation. Calm right. the fuck down, first of all. You know what I mean? I agree. And it's just... It's the sense of entitlement that people have mm-hmm. that hasn't done anything. There's no question about it. But the thing that amazes me, it's, a lot of it has to do with where I grew up. I understand that. There's no question about it. But the the look they get on their face when they start running their mouth, like saying stuff they shouldn't be saying. And I literally go back to the old days. I go, I might have to knock you the fuck out. Well, and that's they, Mike Tyson's like, theory, right? What? Well, on the airplane. Well, no, social media. He said social media has made people forget what it's like to get punched in the mouth. For saying and it has. I, I yeah. tell people, I tell my kids all the time, I said, you guys wouldn't have never made it off my bus stop. No. no. 
You know no, what I mean? You're absolutely There's no, right. I said, you guys, are, how, you're in college, you need to rub a goddamn cat before a test. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Chew your bubble gum. <laughs> right. Cat. We have puppy time before and yeah. after the test to de-stress like, everyone. S- since when, man? Like, yeah. my, gosh, I, and, I, and I can't even, and, I'm, and I tell her, I said, I'm old school, and I'm also talking to her from a man's perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like I told her, I said, I'm. A black kid from Mississippi that moved to St. Cloud when there was like two other white families, or two other black families. I was gonna say, yeah, was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> it sounds pretty good. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I made it work. There was no yep. staff that looked like me. There was five other students that looked like me. I said, I don't want to hear this bullshit when you got everything and yeah. then some you have, and you just don't want to make it work. I agree. I always ask kids. I said, this teacher could quit today. Her life would be fine. What about yours? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She don't need to learn no more. She's good. You're in 10th grade. What else? Like, what's going to happen to you if they just said, screw it today? Kids know way more than we did. They Ask them. They'll tell you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They tell you, man. My kids are uh, crap at school. They don't like doing work. None of this isn't. Truthfully, school does suck. There's really nothing practical they teach you that's going to be worth anything in the real world. But But you know what cracks me up? When they come home and they're just like, well, the teacher said we should do this. I'm like, yeah. Dude. That's your teacher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to yep. take your side over the teacher unless I know the teacher was wrong about right. something. And, they, and I'm just like, you got a lot of balls walking in here just thinking because you don't need to learn this shit. You know how much shit we didn't need to learn, but we still like, you know yeah, what? That's true. Sit this down, is the it. lesson. Well, they're in for a rude awakening when they go to work, right? Oh, my when God. That's what boss, I t- Yeah. My daughters, I said, man, I said, I'm going to tell you something. You, the attitude that you have. You, unfortunately, are going to be one of those women that are going to get your ass kicked because you think you're smarter than everybody else in the world. Yeah. And it's okay to be smart and be prideful when you have something to be prideful and smart. You don't know anything yet. Right. And you're going to shoot your mouth off to the wrong people, and they're just going to kick the hell out of you. And there's, you know, you got to learn that you there is repercussions for these actions and the things you do and say to people. Right on, man. And if you go to work yep. and treat people like this. Yeah. And that's my whole thing. I'm just like, and I tell my daughter, I said, you give people way too much power. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why I always tell her. I said, care so much about what they think. Yeah. And yeah. I said, I've never met a generation of people with zero fucks given, but my boss didn't speak to me today. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. Yeah. it's like, you got to make your mind up. I remember when I was a kid, for you to talk shit, you actually had to know how to fight. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Because there was recess. There was after school. <laughs> These kids lived in your neighborhood, right? Right. That's right. How you, got out of the you could talk your way into it and then make them laugh their way out of it. Right. And and I'm just like, it, it, this doesn't stop in high school. I said, I said, as bad as you think this is, you're going to wish you could go to high school again in 10 years from now. Yes. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about it. You know? I, uh, <laughs> it's funny when you were talking that I just sat and I can very clearly see, and I won't name the person because he's a private citizen or whatever. First time I ever got punched in the face, I think I was nine years old, and I was playing in the backyard, and one of the neighbor kids came over and started playing with me, and I can't even remember what happened, that part of it, but I remember he got really mad, and I went, oh, I'm just going to go back in the house, and so I went in the house, and about an hour later, I came back out. And I went over to play with him again. He punched me right in the face. And, and that I boy grew never... up to be Jeff Passolt. <laughs> no, he couldn't hit that hard. This guy could hit hard. It wasn't Passolt. But I will never forget that. And it stays with me all the years later. I still remember what that felt like. I was nine years old, just boom. And I mean, it was a sucker punch, so it was delivered. But, but it, it taught you something, didn't it? It, that's exactly my point. It's like, I learned something that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely learned. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. 
But uh, then, you, of course, when I was 19, it happened again when a bouncer down at what's now First Avenue, it was called uh, Uncle Sam's at the time. I was 19 and 20, drinking age 21. Sounds like somewhere you get punched. Yeah. <laughs> 21 years old, so I'm out there. And I'm, at that time, I'm very muscular because I was lifting a lot of weights, you know, working out constantly and thought I was a badass, all the rest of it. And I walk in, and I'm walking around, and the bouncer comes there and goes, how old are you? And I said, none of your fucking business. And I woke up on the floor. Because <laughs> bouncers were different back then than they are now. Right. I will never, he knocked me out. I will never forget that as long as I live. Those are good lessons. I didn't feel great. Right. But I learned You maybe, need those lessons in life. I think you do. You do. I, I squared mean, I off with my dad when I was 16. Oh, God. And my dad's a Chicago <laughs> Pollock construction worker <laughs> whose forearms are like Popeye, right? And we were sitting there and... And I was a tall guy, and my dad was slight, and I was in r- relatively good shape. And he's a, he's a littler guy, but he's compact. And I, I was riffing on something, and he got in between me and my mom, and I'm like, burr, 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 and he goes, well, we can always go outside and handle this like men. And I go, yeah, let's do that. And my mom goes, Jim. And he goes, the boy's got to learn. Go, boys and I walk outside, and, and he, he stands there, both arms just dangling at his side, and I cock my fists up, and he goes, you can have the first swing. I go, I don't need the... Boom. I said, I don't need the... And I woke up on the ground going, what happened? He hit me from from hands down at waist, hit me so fucking fast. I hit the ground. No clue. And then I'm like shaking it off. And he goes, stand up. I go, I'm good. He goes, no, get up. I'm like, no, really. I'm, this is done. We're good. I've learned my lesson, old right. man. And that was it. Last time I squared off against the old man. Wow. Yeah. No, Andy, you've never been punched, have you? No. I didn't think so. I was always the type where I would say something slightly ruder than I intended, and then I'd feel like shit for like a week because I was like, oh, man, I was so mean to that guy. Not you. And it was just like, you know, I didn't say please to the person at Target <laughs> yeah, or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It is pretty amazing. The, 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 a lot, the generation to generation to generation thing that's going on right now is not working. I can walk through the halls of this building, mm-hmm. and people will be very, very friendly. But the younger they get, the less friendly they get. Young yeah. people are not friendly at all. Because yeah, you know what? It doesn't change anything in their life. Yeah. There when I worked go. at the school, I used to be like, just put the goddamn trays in order. Right. That's it. And it worked until somebody just didn't put the tray the right way, and then they just keep on going. Yeah. And it just it just didn't make a difference in their life. You know, right. I, mean? I tell my right. daughter the same thing. For one, they walk around with headphones for everything. Oh, yes. They, they just shut the world off, and it's just music or whatever, and I'm on the phone. What happened to the good old days of having a boom box on your shoulder? <laughs> yeah, like 40 every, pounds. Yeah, 12 yeah. D yeah. batteries in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even, like, when she's putting dishes away at home, I'm like, who taught? Like, this is not how we taught you to put away dishes. Like, the fork container, has it's all shaped like a fork. All you gotta do is line them up. Yeah, yeah you do. But right. she don't give a shit because it's I like, know. I put them away. Like, what more do you want me to do? And I'm just like, why do you half ass everything? You want me to send my dad over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send the dad over. Somebody's in big trouble. I mean, I think teenagers have always kind of half assed things because that's just like sure. the nature of being a teenager. Well, to a degree. My I, mom to didn't a allow it. No, I, you know, yeah. there were some things I could half ass, and my dad was like, whatever. But, like, meticulously, we had to keep our lawn in straight lines. And if I was out there wavering because I'm listening to my Walkman and I'm jamming to Prince at the time, my dad would come home and go, what is this? You know? And then I'd think, oh, he's going to tell me, you're not mowing the lawn again. We'll see who really wins this deal. He goes, get out there and redo the lawn and clean it up. I'm like, redo it? 
How do you recut the lawn? He goes, you better goddamn figure it out. <laughs> yeah, figure it I, out. We had an acre yard I had to mow by hand, so Damn. it doesn't sound like much, yeah. but that'll get you. Are you yeah. one of those old roller types? No, no, it was a, it was a regular hand, but like, gas my gas dad power. had a, a lawnmower, riding lawnmower. Oh, sure, yeah, but of course. But I didn't get to play with that. No. I, got the, no. I got the handle, you had to get out the... <laughs> And, and walk the distance yeah. of an acre. So I walked an acre 40, 50 times to go perfect lines. Jeez. And my dad is still that way. You go there, his yard is meticulous. Oh, yeah. really? And he comes to my house and looks at my house and my yard, and he's like, I don't know. Glad we're not really biologically related. Yeah, he would not like our yard. No. I'm pretty sure our yard means something in hieroglyphics no really you yeah. just get... <laughs> well, there, there's like keystone patterns somewhere there's straight lines others there's wavy lines around sure. the house yeah there's uh, yeah. all the shapes all so you've been cutting the lawn yourself have you well we both do but yeah <laughs> I mean, our yard is so weirdly shaped i mean we got a shed here the house has like juts all over the place there's right. a deck you know it's it's tough to just do something like that in perfectly straight lines i suppose that is true eh, what the hell are you gonna do <clears throat> What's all, that's all I have to say is what you're going to do. Now, Adrian, I do have to ask about... Okay, we're, we're, Wait, are we done with the grumpy old man hour here? <laughs> no, we don't. We can get back. No, no. no but I think it's a, a, an important thing. Okay, I'll give you an example of why that's an sure. important thing to bring up. So I was walking through the halls of this very building yesterday, okay? And there's a woman down the hall, the nicest woman in the world. She's probably about 85 years old. She's got black hair, and I mean coal black hair, and she's 85. <laughs> so I love that. She's probably a little over five feet tall, not gotcha. much over five feet tall. And every time she walks by, she makes some smart-ass comment to me, and it's very funny. She's a sweetheart of a woman. I said, you know, I, brought, I was talking about you on the air the other day. She goes, what air? She didn't wow. have any idea that I did a radio show down here, right? <laughs> but she's a very, very nice person. And then I walk a little further, and this woman gets off the elevator, and she says, excuse me, do you know where 306 is? And I said, yeah, I'm going that way. I'll just walk you over there. So we walked together, and I said, here it is right here. And she said, well, thank you very much. It was very nice of you to help me out with that. And she was probably about 40, so we went from 85 to 40. Mm -hmm. I get around the next corner, and there's about a 20 to 25-year-old woman there. And we're walking along. She just came out of a door, and I happened to be there, so we're walking not really side by kind of side by side. So I looked over at her. She's not looking at me. Mm -hmm. And I looked over at her and I said, how are you doing? And she looks at me and yawns in my face. Didn't cover her mouth either. She was like, oh, wow. It's like, what the hell is, what is that? So you're that rude right? that you want to act like that. Well, that guy we walked by out there, he's a rude prick. Yeah. You I know why? Because couldn't nobody punch her in the face. Yeah, that's, right. that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Nobody's getting punched anymore, and yeah. they, they can get away with whatever they want to. But she yawned in my face, and I thought, it's a good thing you're not a boy. Right. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if this is a defense mechanism. That, oh, that these kids are so oversensitive. Maybe. Like you mentioned, everybody doesn't give a fuck, but yeah. they sure care when somebody shoots them a dirty look. I wonder if this false bravado bullshit is just a, uh, a wall. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. You know, like, oh, they, they I get disinfect or uh, disinfected, dis, uh, dis, uh, whatever the disconnect. word is. Yeah, disconnected, disaffected by it. Then whatever you say next won't hurt my feelings. Yeah, that's so. kind of yeah. what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, pretty much. Because that's why I think that's why it's so hard to have a conversation with them. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean, it's just like that's what I tell my daughter. Like we'll be talking about something, and she's just like, "Fine, fine." Like she just wants to shut it down. Yeah. Like no, we got to talk. 
Yep. Like you can't just say fine. You know what I mean? Because for one, you're not fine. I can tell by you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like you can't just like you gotta have conversations. You can't just say I'm gonna just shut the shit off because I don't want to deal with it. Adrian, didn't you get the book about how to deal with women? Oh my god. I got mine at a garage sale, 85 cents. Can you give me a cut? Oh, yeah. You Whenever they say I'm fine, you just shut up and let them be fine. If my wife says that, I'm f- that's fine. Okay, With My honey. daughter, I'm, no. No, nah, I, nah, I got gotcha. you. No, nah, no question about it. Do you think we'll... I can already hear the hate mail. First of all, the book would be much more than 85 cents, Dave Schrader. Really? You know, was that you typing? Yes, yeah, because so yeah, nobody handwrites anything anymore. Yeah, well, that's the, uh, the cursive is non-existent. Yes, cursive I cannot write gone. cursive anymore. Yeah. Nobody can. I used to be I able can. to. I you can. can still. Yeah. It is beautiful if it's done properly. Yeah, I no still prefer it. It's faster. That, that's why I prefer it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I write block everything. Yeah, I just <laughs> oh, do that. That's my dad, because my dad was military, so he uh, writes everything in blocks. So I just, yeah, so that's yeah. the way I kind of learned it. Wow. So when I, I, I like my my signature in cursive, and I try to make it legible for people. But right. you know, that's about the extent of cursive at this point. Right. You know? That's another thing. I don't think like that's what signature used to mean. Right. You know what I mean? Like your signature, because they'd have print. And then signature, you know yeah, what right? I mean? Yeah. And I think they had to start printing it because you can't read nobody's signature. Right. Yeah. You can't read my signature. <laughs> no doubt about that. It's just yeah. a squiggly line, pretty much, is what it is. For people who just uh, tuned in that saw that Adrian was going to be on the show, show today, we'll take a couple more minutes. But he's going to be around for the second half of the hour, and it'll be about humor. I promise. <laughs> we'll get there. But this is yeah. important. It I is. Think, I think this is very, very important to talk about. Uh, don't you? I, I, I just. I would like people to understand how far we've come and how happy you should. Again, if you're walking next to your kid today, just remember how lucky you are because those kids in, in Uvalde are not walking next to their parents. Yeah. Just thank somebody. If you got God, good. If you don't, good for you. But be grateful. Um, I'd, uh, just to say, like the kids who didn't die. Yeah. They have. There's, it's going to be such a struggle. Terrible. Like oh, yeah. their survival Yeah. yeah. Their lives are probably ruined. Well, it's not I even just it. the kids. I have friends that had boots on the ground at Sandy Hook that were first responders, police. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those guys had to quit yeah. because after that, when you step over so many little children's bodies, that's, that's yeah. that breaks you. There's just nothing left. You know, when you see yep. one accident here and there. Yeah. But when you walk into a place that's this, it's just it was it destroyed a lot of people. This that to me was like the World Trade Center. It hit, holy shit, but all the particulates in the air, right. the smoke that we're still seeing people dying from Lesson. lung cancer mm-hmm. because of the breathing in of the mm-hmm. asbestos and all of the, this is a long-term effect attack, right. and it, it's going to just keep going. Are we ever getting on the other side of it, though, do you think? No. Can you, will you be able to punch somebody Are against people someday? killing people? No, probably not. <laughs> I just watched, have you seen the George Carlin? I know you had his daughter on George Carlin's yep. oh, special yeah. on what HBO. Have you watched it yet? No, because I heard I'll love it. It's great. It, and uh, here's the thing, though. They keep showing segments of his comedies from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, oh, the 90s, yeah. and early 2000s. Yeah. And in one batch, he's talking about the right to lifers. Uh, viral disease, which was AIDS at the time, mm-hmm. um, gun rights, and uh, bullying. There you go. All in one segment. And yeah. it's like, oh, shit. We're in the- you could take this out and put mm-hmm. it today, and it would look like a comedian talking, talking about yeah. what happened this week. So we don't learn anything? I mean, that's Not the really. problem that I have. No. We never learn anything, do no. we? No. No, he, he talked about gun control, and he goes, they're trying to do gun control. You know what their answer is? 
take away kids' plastic guns. But let's leave the real fucking guns out there. And he's like, you know, why not? And you're like, holy shit. And this was 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah and you just hear the, the change. I don't want people pissed off at me for gun rights, but I'm just saying it's funny how that is still, still contextually yeah. important today. Yeah. And all of these different stories and how we're living through. I mean, could you imagine George Carlin today talking about what we just went through with the race riots the covid the yeah. war that's going on in ukraine and these school shootings unbelievable no it's true we got about two minutes so i want to run this by adrian i lost now six friends all of them comedians in the last 12 months and i'm sick to death of it it started with norm yeah of course and it just it went through louis anderson it went through mm-hmm. scott hansen it went through i mean it was Guy after guy. I don't think any women died. It was all men. <laughs> God, Adrian, I hope you don't consider yourself a friend of Tom's. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're not it's a like, friend it's of like the Madden cover, being his friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But seriously. So I mean, maybe I won't stick around for the next hour. <laughs> get the hell up out of here. <laughs> but Gilbert Godfrey dying, really. It's like he was a little fella. He should have been healthy for the rest of his life. But apparently it turned out he had a, he had a heart thing. He had a heart problem. Basically, yeah. basically like a wasting disease of the heart. Mm. He just, what a nice man. All six of them, actually, just really, really nice people. Very talented people. But And you know what, though? I think the silver lining for me is I'm like, they they got, they got died doing what they love. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? That's like, true, they yeah. had a great, for the most part, had a, a great life, you know? Yep. And at the end of the day, that's all you can really ask for. But I, I hear you. Like, even with me, there's a lot of comics younger than me I know has died from COVID. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm I'm 45. There's guys 35, 36 years old just Jesus. Gone. One issue with the comedy scene is the notorious way they treat themselves, unfortunately. Very yeah. true. A lot Very of uh, abuse of various things. It is, man. And I tell people that, I'm like, it's when you get booked somewhere and you got seven, eight shows to do for that week. Yeah. You're looking for something to take to make that happen. Right. That's that's a lot of drinking and eating bad. Lace, yep. like, you know, it's yep. all free. Yep, it's all free. Yep. And most guys, they are like, this is what we worked for. You know. Well, mm-hmm. God, we mentioned on the show, uh, you you went to the old studio, right, in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah that gigantic, really nice building. Yeah. Um, we used to have like basically a fully stocked liquor cabinet there. Yes. And then we started letting comedians use our studio like over the weekend while mm-hmm. we weren't there. And we would come back, and the liquor was mysteriously missing. Wait a minute. I have to cough. It's Harry Robinson. <laughs> yeah, he had some friends that could uh, put it away, that's for sure. Well, like, whole bottles of liquor gone in one weekend. In it's one like, weekend. Yeah, that's yeah. not healthy. They yeah. drank like... Now, Cy's not a big... I don't know if Cy drinks at all, does I don't he? know that he does. He's not a big drinker. God, I've I got to call Cy. I haven't talked to him in a while, but... I don't yeah. even know the last time I talked to him. That was tough, Adrian. All of those people dying in such a short period. It was like every week yeah. somebody was dying. It's like, man. And young. I mean, these people were not very old. Yeah. you got to treat yourself right. All right, we'll take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about... Comedy and humor, and the next thing. but I think it was very important what we just talked about. Hey, we laughed not... during it, right? Yeah, yeah we did. That's very, very true. We'll be right back right after this. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Outside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. 
What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington, or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. Bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike, and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing. Lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. playing the banjo in case somebody didn't know <laughs> just don't hire me for it big big country and western <laughs> kind of deal it's so funny i talk to people about that all the time because you know growing up in north minneapolis said would well, you like this and i go nobody played it <laughs> i mean i'm sorry but i never even heard of it because nobody ever played right. it I said, unless they were on like ed sullivan i had no <laughs> idea what the hell you're talking about so Adrian, things are good. Life is good. Family's great. Yeah, everybody's good. Um, to hear it. Thank God, by the way, too, yes. because there's yep. and that's one thing I try to remember. Like, it's not that for everybody. You know no, what I mean? Exactly. So sometimes I feel bad. Like it's weird. Sometimes you got to feel bad about posting good news. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's what I need, and, and I know somebody else needs to hear it. So it's just like, yes. you got Never do that, buddy. Don't ever feel bad for posting good news. No. People don't want to see you succeed. They don't want to see happiness, or they want to wallow. That's not your problem. Right. Exactly. Your problem is to elevate yourself and the people that there are to see those elevations. So don't let yourself be beat up with that. Uh, and I agree 100%. Thank you for that. And, and that's why I do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, guess I tell everybody, I said, my... I kind of walk through the world with blinders on. Um, there's a lot of shit I don't want to deal with because I don't care about it. Right. Um, for me to be who I am and for me to do what I do, I have to keep a safe space for Because my comedy comes from a place of happiness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, And that's weird in comedy because most of them are dark. And they, yeah. you know, they're struggling with something. I'm not struggling with anything, thank God. So I know there's people that want to get away from bullshit. And that's what... I feel like God put me on earth for. Well, there you go. You See, know, that's so. a wonderful way to look at it. Yeah. It is a wonderful way to look at it. And it's sad when people have to, f- oh, if I post this, I don't want to make other guys feel bad because they're not getting these. G- doesn't matter. You know what? Yeah. Maybe they'll learn from you. Maybe they'll realize, 
maybe if I get my head out of my ass and stop wallowing yeah. and feeling sorry for yeah. myself, I'll get the jobs Adrian's getting. Right. Maybe if I put myself out there more, you can. The victim mentality has to be drawn to a line where you got to stop worrying. Am I going to hurt somebody else's feelings because today I'm having a good day? Right. And I, we've all had that, but it's just at the point where just have a good day in spite of itself and yep. enjoy it, relish it. Right. That's. The lesson we should have all learned in life. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you don't have to follow me. If my happiness bothers you, you can right. easily, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And yep. you can easily walk away from that. But doing this for over 18 years now, like, I, I wake up, I know my purpose in life. Even for me and my family. You know what I mean? My family means everything to me. And to be able to do what I do for a living and make, like, money is just a bonus. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was doing comedy way before I started making money. Mm-hmm. And... I absolutely love it. You know what I mean? So my next goal is to make my wife my manager where... Oh, good move. You know what I mean? Where now I get to keep the money in the house and it, I don't have to pay for her to come somewhere. Yeah, like you it. don't want to give anybody your money. That's a no. bad idea. And I figure if she's stealing, at least I get breakfast. You know what I'm saying? But if she <laughs> needs a manager, give me a call. Gotcha. Yeah, so, yeah, there you go. There you go. I remember that. <laughs> you know, I don't think he, he'd want me to repeat. So I can't tell you who told me this, but I was talk, talking to somebody about the COVID. You know, uh-huh. a good time with... You know, staying off the road, just doing, you know, the, the Zoom comedy, as Andy was talking about earlier. And the guy I was talking to, eh, I, I should say, because it is pretty funny. But I said, so so, how's that going? He goes, oh, well, we'll, we'll you know, slide back into it. We're starting to slide back into it now. I said, so does it put a lot of pressure on you now? Because for almost two years, you sat around not being able to appear anywhere. And now all of a sudden you can appear again. Does that put a lot of pressure on you? And he goes, no. And I said, oh, really? Well, that's good. And he goes, you want me to tell you why it doesn't put any pressure on me? I said, yeah, I'd love to hear it. And he goes, Dave Chappelle. I said, really? I said, do you know Dave Chappelle? He goes, nope, I've never met him. Well, how did Dave Chappelle help you get back on the road and feel good about your comedy? He said, because he took all the pressure off me. Because no matter how hard I try or anybody else tries, they're never going to be as good as good as the blind white supremacists. <laughs> I said, you are right Old about Clayton. that. Clayton Bigsby is. Do you think that is the funniest thing you've ever seen? It's up there. It's. I you know it's crazy I'll now though. I just saw it like probably two weeks ago, just flicking their channel. Oh yeah. And I was like, how did they get away with this? I know. Isn't that true? <laughs> and it was the one where he was like, you want me to show my face? Said, yeah, show your face. Show your face. Show your face. Oh, God. That bit is, you know, uh, um, Big J. Okerson was a, was a co-writer on that. Chappelle wrote most of it, and then Big J. Okerson went through it and cleaned it up a little bit here and there. The two of them together put out the most brilliant bit I've ever seen. I just ever. met him for the first time. Big J, yeah. great guy. Every time he's here, I, I'm, I'm gone, man. And I, Oh, really? Yeah, there's certain guys where I know if they come into town, I'm going to just try to have that weekend off, Yeah, you know what I mean, and, and get yep. out there. But... I met him, super nice guy, and Great I love guy. his comedy. You know, like I've, he's very funny. I've never seen Chris Rock last. So I'm gonna go see Chris Rock this month. That's another one. Yeah, he's another guy. I, the, I first time I ever saw him, I can't remember what show it was. I might have been the Tonight Show or something. I said, "Why do they have 11 year old kids doing comedy now?" <laughs> remember that when he first came out, he yeah. looked like he was about 10. Yeah, like man, he still does when he he's clean. Shaven. He's clean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, a he's little very kid, young, very yeah. young looking. You know, I think every comedian right now should take the first. Ten minutes of the new Ricky Gervais. Oh my gosh! Comic I just watched that the other night and play it because people are bitching. I guarantee you, they didn't watch past the first two minutes. Yeah, he comes out and he comes out swinging and he makes some transgender jokes. But then he says he starts off 
I'm going to be ironic tonight. Yeah. And what yeah. that means is I'm going to say things. And you're going to laugh because what I said is inappropriate. And you know it. That's why it's funny. Because I'm right. not saying yeah. this is the way it should be. I'm, he goes, and I take whatever side during this comedy special, he breaks comedy down for you. Yeah, he does. And he explains, if if this joke is funny or if I act like a liberal when I repeat it, right. or or a right-wing, left-wing, or like I'm in, hyper-intelligent or ridiculously stupid, <laughs> I play to whatever the joke, joke needs. Yeah. Right. And it was great to hear this. So you sit there and you hear all this griping right now. People are jumping all over him about the transgender jokes. But what he's doing is he says, I'm not... I'm not racist. I'm not a, a not a bigot. I'm not a sexist. He goes, and that's why I pick on them too. Right. I pick on everybody. everybody. I yeah. take a shot, and it's all about the absurdity. And when you look at what most comedians are doing, is not singling out somebody to attack. Right. They're doing the absurdest version of reality, and, and that's what it's always been. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I just watched that the other night. But I remember the first time I was performing in L.A. a few years back, and I was nervous. I'm like, it's L.A. You hear about, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I end up getting into the secret show with Joe Rogan. And I heard Rogan, like, and he's killing it, right? First time I seen him live, he's killing it. And he says, the next 15 minutes or so are going to be horrible. You're not going to like it. He said, I don't even like the shit, but it's funny, so somebody's got to say it. Yeah. And he just went into this, and, and I loved it. But this girl sitting right in front of me, like, went into tears oh. in front of her boyfriend and made them get up and leave. She laughed at everything else. Mm. And the moment he said something, and he warned why? you. Why? It, like, but it's like, even these days, it's like, why are you going to see people that you know you're probably not going to like? Right. Like, uh, uh, Donnell always says, People, if you walk out of a show, you came with that intention. You just were waiting for a word. I couldn't you know agree I mean? more. You're, you're just waiting right. for a, You're waiting for an excuse. Yep. And I don't know why people think nowadays comedians have to be their own personal favorite comic. I have, in my life now, I think it's like five or six friends who, well, Cliff Siegel became Lauren Siegel. I have a number of friends that are transgender, mm-hmm. right? I would say of the... And I don't even. I don't want to give a number because I don't. Want, Why? Oh, here's my pack of transgender friends. I, it's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, they called me and said, "Tom, you got to watch this. It's hilarious." And I said, "Like, what do you mean hilarious?" I'm talking about you know Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Yeah. They said, "Well, let me put it this way. My God, you're a beautiful woman. You look exactly like a woman." My God, you're well, you do have a penis. <laughs> <laughs> and they thought that was just hilarious. And it's because it's the not? absurdity, yeah. and he plays exactly. it that way. That's the way they look at it. And I love the one setup that he does. It's like this long dialogue, <laughs> and he starts laughing at himself. Through right. and he goes, you guys are going to fucking hate the end of this. This is not funny. But you just the journey is the part you're going to enjoy. Exactly. And he gets through this whole story, and then he tells the punchline, and the punchline is kind of that... <laughs> Right, but through the rest, you're laughing along with him yeah. because he's showing you the absurdity of life and how everybody wants to be affected and offended and pissed off and and upset. And I love the fact that Chris Rock gets slapped on stage by Will Smith, and everybody immediately goes to Ricky Gervais and goes, "What do you think of that?" Right. He becomes the vocal oh, yeah. vocal voice of this, and he's he has an important story to tell in this, and it is how ludicrous all of us are in in these behaviors and we have to learn but it's interesting that ricky can do what he wants Mm -hmm. and so can dave Chappelle, Mm -hmm. and they'll take a little heat but it rolls off their back yeah right but you you're and i can't remember what was the joke he said something about at the beginning and he talks about it and then he goes i would rather 
watch Louis C.K. jack yeah. off, right? And then then yeah. deal with this. But, but but it's the point of, yeah, you're right. If I'm going to be in this situation where I can't be who I am, I'd rather but watch that's, Louis C.K. That's why I always sit and I tell comics that today. I said the hardest part is going to be figuring out who you are and what you stand for. Right. There you go. You know what I mean? Yep. The moment you can do that, I said, because if people know they could ruffle your feathers by saying something, then you're going to be ruffled your whole career. Right. I said, so just, and, and that's one thing. I, I don't agree with everything I've said on stage, but in that moment, I stand by what I said on stage. Yep. I do a lot of riffing. If some shit comes out, it comes out. It must have been in my mind because I said it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The next day, you can easily be like, maybe I shouldn't have, but it's like you got to live with that moment. You got to live with it and die with it. You know what I mean? No. And I can't, that's what I mean about people thinking you're their personal comedian. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit if two people don't think I'm funny. What about the other 200? You think there I'm going to just go. do right. this for right. you too? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And some people don't give a shit. Some people just come out and they sit up front and they I sit know. just like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just like, and, and I used to go after those people because I'm like, why the fuck are you here? You dressed up, you paid money. Why yeah. are you, you know yep. what I mean? But now I'm just like, I don't even see you. There's too many happy faces around you to even worry. I'm not even going to give you the attention that I think you want. Although on the other side, there's a couple of those comedians who attack those people, not viciously, yeah. but they've set gun on record and said, I will ignore all 200 people, and I'm not going to be happy till I watch this guy break and start to laugh and yeah. enjoy himself. So it's funny how that, you yeah. know, and, and I'll that do that. I'll see, I'll see comics on stage, and I'll see somebody sitting there, and I'm just like, I'm, a, I'm like, that's the target. I'm going to get him. I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a break, and I'm not going to look at him, but I'm going to get him to laugh. And some of my buddies with me, they're like, hey, he, like he, he cracked. He cracked. You know, I think the whole idea is one. You know, I was just thinking about this whole situation. Uh, you know, because my my morning show takes a lot of heat from people. You're that you're racist. You're homophobic. You're this. You're that. And I was look back. Who else in America invited a a man to woman, woman to man, transgender people into studio to find out what it's all about? We did that 25 years ago. We had not one but two black men on our show 30 years ago. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody, because there's no money for them in it. Right. See, my whole thing with this race deal we're going through now is people in Washington and L.A. trying to make money from it. That's all this is. It's disgusting to me. You, you, you involve people. Look, we were just talking about people walking. Here, here's a good example. I have gone to see Bobby Slayton, who's a good friend of mine. I probably can't even tell you how many times. I have never been to a Bobby Slayton show where somebody didn't walk on him. Every time somebody walks out, and it's always a woman going, I'm not staying, come on, and I'm pulling Dave by the shirt. They always take the guy and go, we got to go. I am not staying and listening to this guy anymore. Right. You ever work with Bobby? Nope. Great guy. He's it's a crazy a, bastard. But I was in Annandale, and these ladies, these four ladies, sat at a back table, and they were at the last table. I'm on stage. I can hear them talking. All I told them was shut up. Yeah. Sit. That's it. And... They had a problem with that. They wanted to keep talking. I was like, well, they're like, then they always want to tell you, like, well, we haven't seen each other for 20 years. Why the fuck did you come to a comedy exactly. show? Exactly. Shouldn't you be somewhere happy hour or whatever? You yeah, know, yeah. I'm like, just go upstairs. You know, I'm like, if I can hear you and I'm farther away from you than anybody, right. that means everybody on the way up can hear you. And these people paid money. People didn't pay to hear about your fucking 20 year reunion. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. And then. The lady looks at me. She goes, you're rude. I said, wow, now I'm the rude one? 
right? Yeah. And I what didn't you, even where want... do you work? I'm going to show up tomorrow, and while you're doing your job, <laughs> right. I'm going to talk nonstop right. loudly so everybody around you hears me. And let's see how rude I am right. at that moment, right? And I was like, man, I said I've been called a lot of things that don't come up a whole lot. And it's funny because then I seen him. I just kind of go back to doing my set, and I seen him getting up, putting their coats on. I was like, I didn't want you to leave. And I hear my wife say, No, they can leave. I was like, Yeah, them bitches definitely fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and when and when they started walking, the whole club started clapping. I was like, Okay, yeah, yeah you guys, de- you guys deserve to leave. Yeah. And that's what it is, man. There's so many people. I'm blown away by how many people come to a comedy show and they want to tell you. What you can and cannot say. Oh, mm-hmm. God. I'm responsible for what I say, not for what you hear. Mm-hmm. That's your own perspective. Sorry right, your life's right. fucked up, but it is what it is. It's like going to Old Country Buffet and being pissed off that there's not Chinese food being right. served, right? <laughs> Don't bring up Old Country Buffet. <laughs> this is right. about your place. This right. is, you come here. This is what we have to offer. If you don't like it, don't come to That's this it. restaurant. Yeah. That's it. And then the one chick, my wife said the one chick had the nerve to say she wanted her money back. I was like, that's oh, definitely God. not happening. Thank you yeah. for the donation. Right. <laughs> Did I ever tell you my old country buffet story? No. Country buffet. First time fun. I've ever been to, I've only been to one once, and it was the one up in Maple Grove. I don't even think it's there anymore. <clears throat> Maybe it is. I don't you know. only went to a country buffet one time. Yeah, one time. You should never say that. They're kind of. I'm not. I'm not big on. I'm not big on people going. That's like what this. it is. Yeah, sorry. Here, let me dig through all the chicken wings and then pick out the ones I want after touching every one of them. But I'm standing in line and there's a woman in front of me. She's probably 80 years old. She's about far, about four foot ten, four foot eleven. Really tiny woman, and she's wearing a a fake leather coat with a fake fur collar. And we're standing in line, and I've never met this woman in my life. And I turn to my friend and go, you know, I've heard this place is pretty good. And she turns around and looks at me and goes, you goddamn right it is. (laughs) Whoa, pardon me. I mean, she was a little tiny woman. I had to know, man, this place is great, and you better enjoy it. Isn't that hilarious? What is it with you and short 80-year-old woman? I'm telling you, they, they hang, they're like hovering around me all the time. Eighty-year-old little tiny women. So they feel protected by them. Right. They feel protected by them. Or I feel protected by them. Could be because yeah. Toots, my mother Toots, was about what she about five three, Andy. Something uh, like yeah, that. probably about that. Yeah, about five foot three. But she I didn't see her stand up too much, so uh, hard to judge. <laughs> she kind of sat there and had a cigarette every now and then. Pretty and, much. She well, had she quit smoking by the time you you can remember, or yes. do you remember her smoking? Oh, I, yeah, I remember. She smoked until I was probably 20, maybe? Oh, yeah, maybe. That's probably about right. So that, that was just one or two years before she died, so that's about right. Yeah, but, I think she quit and then, yeah, died pretty soon after that. Hmm. Now, Adrian, let me ask you a question. I've asked Dave this, too, because I've already asked Andy this. But, uh, I, I mean... I don't know how tall she was. <laughs> <laughs> how old was she? Oh, man. No, oh, I forgot what I was going to ask you. Sorry. Sorry. Pain in the ass. Oh, oh, Andy's a pill. I'm a pain in the ass. <laughs> yes. Andy's a pill and you're a pain in the ass. Suddenly you come into this generation language. Do you think, Adrian, that, 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 see, in my life, when, you know, my mother was working, my dad was long gone, my mother's working, so we would get together, my brothers and sisters would come over to my mother's house on 26th Avenue North, and we would tell jokes, and we would sing songs and play music and do all that stuff and laugh, have a, you know, a couple of beers or whatever, but nobody ever got hammered and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. That's where my love of humor came from because I was a little, little boy when it first started. Right. And I, I thought, well, I had so much fun doing it. 
to sit and watch somebody tell a joke is very, very important to me because it brings back the great memories of spending time with my family, and I loved doing that. I, I agree, man. There's, you know, I got nine siblings on my mom, just on my mom's side. Okay. My mom had five boys, five girls, and we're all pretty close in age. We're all 15 years apart oh, really? collectively. Yeah. So we, and my mom, single mom, worked nights. So we spent a lot of time, it's like, almost like my older siblings raised mm-hmm. me. You know yeah, I mean? right. That's but exactly I remember even about. like my uncles like playing like Dolomite and Richard Pryor tapes oh, and every yeah. album yeah. and teaching it to me as like a seven, eight year old and then paying me to recite it. You know what I mean? Like yep. when their friends yep. came over and they all drank, they were just like, listen to what my nephew can do. And That's what they you know did what with mean? me too. And I loved it. And then, it, I mean, all I had to do was say what they wanted me to say, and they gave me, and I'm like, this is penny candy money. Yeah, <laughs> if right. I can make three or four dollars a night, that's 400 pieces of candy tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> or like how you, you know? I like how you had it broken down <laughs> right. to exactly what you're, this is valued to. Yeah. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. I, before my dad did take off, I was about seven or eight years old. I would literally, the only time he ever talked to me is when I would stand up in front of the TV and do stand up at seven years old. Yeah. I'd try to make him laugh. I don't know how people live without it. I don't either. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, even as I always tease my wife, I have to remember to take my wife on a real date that's not a comedy show. You know what I mean? Like, everything I do, I'm just like, oh, guess who's in town? Or we can do this and then we can go to the comedy club. Everything ends with the comedy club. Even on our honeymoon, I performed in Hawaii. Because I had Did met you a, really? Yeah. Jeez. I, there you was a guy who was, that honeymoon off. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> there you go. Oh, well. <laughs> there you go. And it was just a guy I had met five years previous in L.A. And we had met at an open mic and I had never seen the guy again. And he had just moved to Hawaii like a few months before that. And he hit me up on Facebook was like, hey, I see you're in Hawaii. I got this spot if you want to perform. The only thing that sucked, it was like a five-hour difference. So I performed at like 11 o'clock there. So it was like four o'clock in the morning. Everybody's like, "Hey, you gonna stick around and see us?" I was like, "Hell no!" Yeah. <laughs> Hell no. But I don't that. know how people do it. Like, I just made a joke that I said I've ruined some pretty good sexual moments in my house by cracking a joke at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know what? It damn near felt just as good. And me and my, my wife was like, "We'll try it again tomorrow." You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> we'll try it. Again we'll tomorrow. give it. A, we'll give it a whirl. <laughs> That's a huge part. As a matter of fact, Catherine has always told me, uh, you know, that she was attracted to me at first because I made her laugh. I, I think mean, that's, that's any, a huge part of it. That's any woman. I tell you guys so? that all the time. I said, oh, do you? There's guys trying to get six pack. I said, get a sense of humor. Yeah. Women will give up a six pack for a sense of humor. And, and I don't care what background they come from. I agree. I don't care what race, religion, whatever. Make them laugh. You make mm-hmm. them laugh, you're way more than halfway there that's the only way i want my wife <laughs> well it's certainly it in looks and money i can guarantee you that i make her laugh that's all she wants that's a good plan yeah. Yeah. we do have to mention absolutely adrian washington ladies and gentlemen uh friday night and saturday night in walker minnesota chase on the lake in walker minnesota june 3rd and 4th that's friday and saturday night yeah, you played the room before i never have this is a new venue for me oh, okay uh, but i the, the guy who's the gm now is how i got in there uh he had a club a bar in Brainerd, and he went up there last year. And I just, 
I've learned in Minnesota if you're gonna do comedy in the summertime, you got to be at a resort or you got to be by yeah, some water. That's true. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. there's when it's seven thirty and it's still beautiful outside for the next three hours, nobody gives a damn about coming. I don't care how funny you are. Yeah. About coming inside a building, I don't even want to go, and I'm the act. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm super excited to uh, give this a test run, and I got four weekends scheduled up there. If you go to my website, funnymanadrian.com, all the dates and the ticket links are on there, too. So We got it. We got it right on our website, as a matter of fact, too. Thank you very much. But I, I just think it's – do you think now we've gotten far enough along in COVID uh, because it's still around a little bit here mm-hmm. and a little bit there and it kind of resur- the resurgence of it a little bit, not anywhere near as severe as it was. Do you think when we finally get through – it's never going away. It's just like influenza. Right. And flu kills people every year. And COVID's going to kill people every year. It's just going to be that way from now on. So do you think after we get to that point where people you know, are, are a little more relaxed, will they, will they start laughing again, or are they still going to be so angry as they are now? I think they're. I think people are still laughing. Good. People show me every day they're still laughing. Well, that's, yes, you know yes, what I mean? Good. Like yep. it's you're never gonna make everybody happy. No. And that's just what it is. And and again, it's perspective. It's what your life is. If you want to sit yeah. around and find something to bitch about, no matter how good some, because there's some mm-hmm. people that don't have that bone in their body. There's yeah. some people that's just addicted yep. to flames and they need chaos for their life to go on. True. You know what I mean? They don't. Right. It's because people don't know how to exist outside of that. Right. And and sometimes you have to learn humor. Right. Yeah. When, when the TV show The Office came out, mm-hmm. even Ricky Gervais version, I watched it and I'm like, oh, this is not for me. I can't sit there and feel uncomfortable for people for a half an hour. Right. And then I slowly broke and I learned the comedy of that moment. Mm-hmm. And, and you can appreciate it. And I think that's why some people don't do comedy and they miss that in their life is they don't know how to accept dark things right and make it funny funny. right they've lived through trauma and they don't see the other side of that and that sometimes you have to embrace it absorb it and just realize it sucked yeah but But you can't stay in that right but more people than i have have had to live through that so Mm -hmm. it's good to kind of be in that community and watch other people react right and and interact that way and I think, uh, like, there's this, I, I just did it, I was at Camp Bar in St. Paul last weekend, and uh, this group of black ladies, I met them probably like six, seven months ago at the House of Comedy, and they're just like, every time you're down here, we're going to do our best to come see you. And one of the ladies who put the party together, her birthday was April 18th. She made her family wait till Memorial Weekend when I was in the cities to come celebrate her birthday. <laughs> Oh, and good. she brought, and she had seventy anywhere from mid twenties to seventy five years old with her, and they had a ball, and like they were my whole show. Mm-hmm. It was just like a big family reunion, and I was just, and then one lady hugged me afterwards, and she hugged me like really tight, and I was just like, and she was like, "Thank you so much." She said, "I just lost my mom in oh, January." Wow. She said, "So I had, you have no idea what you did for me tonight." You know what I mean? That's and awesome. it's just like it's stuff like that, man. Where it's just like there's so many people. They're like, I want to turn all this bullshit off. Right. And those are the people that I'm riding for. If you want to make an excuse for it, I used to tell kids that even in school. If I'm trying to help you and you just going to make an excuse for everything I I say to you, please let me know now to stop so I can give this attention to somebody else. I like it. You're more than welcome to stay for the second hour if you can, or if you can't, I understand that I'll stay. Uh, Chris Shaver is going to join us in a couple minutes. Uh, It should be pretty interesting. The couple's whisperer. 
how to avoid the three fights in every relationship. Are the four of us going to learn anything? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Again, ladies and gentlemen. I hope it's how to win those fights. That's going to be the part. Yeah, that's true. Integrated. That's a very good point. It's not about how to avoid them. It's about how to win. We will be back in just a couple of minutes. Chris Shaver will join us right after this.